You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Every year, we all kind of look at the Big Ten West, and, and we, we shrug our shoulders because you know the title's going to come out in the East. It, it was like, you know, back... In the day when when you played, it was it like in the NFL. You always knew that the winner of the Cowboys 49er game was going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the yeah. AFC was just kind of, you know what? They were going to be the bridesmaid. Who gets to take that beat down that year? Spin uh, the wheel. Yeah. That's what it feels like with the with the with the Big Ten West. Yeah. Do do we just have to abandon divisions? I mean, what's the best way? Because I've often said this, and people mocked it. But I think they mm-hmm. mocked it for the wrong thing because of the names, leaders, and legends. Mm-hmm. But that was an equitable split of the talent. I mm-hmm. thought leaders and legends was actually, you know what? This is fair because you had uh, Penn State and you had moved teams around so that, you know, it wasn't just this East was loaded and the West was just playing catch up. Can we go back to that? Do we just eliminate divisions? I mean, do we do some type of a, a pod system if, if the uh, West Coast teams come in? What has to happen? Because this is not fun. I mean, the teams make it there. Northwestern gave it a shot. when I think the closest was probably yeah. Iowa when uh, Iowa ended up losing to Michigan State in 2015. But other than that, man, the West teams really don't seem like they stand a chance. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. But, but I, I would say this. So I guess it's two different ideas or, or, or questions to me. Um, what is best for, I guess, the fan and also those teams that are trying to, to have an opportunity to get to, uh, you know, the Big Ten championship game? But I think as a conference, you go to this 12-team playoff, you want your best teams to have an opportunity. And, and that's why I'm not saying that it's happening, but it appears that it's not going to be divisions. It's going to be, you know, one and two are the ones that best, the, the teams with the, the, the two teams with the best records are going to be the teams that are playing in the championship game down the line. Uh, I, because I think people are, are looking at it from, well, how do we make sure that we secure our spots in um you know, the, the, the playoffs, and, and that becomes very important. So I think the way the conference is going to look at this, you know, it's all about money, let's be honest. Um, they're going to look at uh, how do you figure out how to get the most teams in there. If you're going to take some conference champions, then you're going to have some at-large at large bids. I mean, so you're, you're going to have some times where, you know, you can sit there and say, SC is humming. You got Ohio State, SC, Michigan. All fighting for that national, right. that that those spots in the playoffs, and 
I guess they could set it up to where you you know you can take those best players, the best teams, and I think that's why there was some there was some hesitation about getting away from okay if you're a conference champion, you're automatically in. And for the most part, that's still going to stay, at least that's the way it looks. Right. But there are going to be some other people that are going to have that chance to get in now that you go you move to the 12 teams. And you'll have a team that, that loses. You can have that team in third place. Could all still have viable opportunities. So I, I think the, the short answer is I think they're going to get away from it, but they're going to make sure each conference is going to make sure that they have the best opportunity to get the most teams into the, the playoffs, the, at least the new playoffs that come along pretty soon yeah because i i gotta think that yeah because when it goes to the 12 team playoff this is what the, the college football needed because i'm hoping and this is just my hopes and prayers it means nothing you play better non-conference games because i think that can be the difference maker now mm-hmm. i know it can go the other way and you load up on as many cupcakes as possible to pad that number but to me if you go out there and you play even just one game where you add a Texas, you add a, a UCLA, you well, I guess they would be in the Big Ten, but you you you, uh-huh. you add a team, you know, a Oklahoma, a West Virginia, Texas A&M, a Texas Tech type of thing where you uh-huh. can look back and say, we played this Power Five team. You know, we did play some directional schools too, but we went on the road and we went into Texas and played TCU or we played them at a neutral spot. In yeah. my opinion... That helps you out when it comes time to the beauty contest because, let's face mm-hmm. it, at the end of the year, it's going to be a beauty contest. Which schedule looks the best? Okay, you didn't win your conference. Now you're going to have a whole bunch of teams with one and two losses trying to figure out, well, we're better than this team. What's better than actually going out there and playing somebody and saying, hey, yeah, but you know what? We challenged it. We went out and we played Miami. And we beat Miami. Or, you know what, we even played Miami, but we lost to Miami, and that's one of our two losses. I think that that should be held as a positive. Kind of take that from – because that's what I love about college basketball, the short pants, as you call them. They reward you for actually getting off your butt and going and playing somebody rather than just stacking up easy victories. Yeah. Well, I think the the other challenge that that we haven't touched on is the committee itself. Who's watching Right. Who's actually watching these games? And you talk about, OK, well, are, are you watching? Uh, do, do you know how to watch a video? Right. Uh, <laughs> Man, do, do don't you know get me you... started on this committee. This yeah. committee. God, I hope it's not the same one for the regular college football playoffs, because Howard, maybe it's just me. It's a sliding scale. They move the goalposts every week, whereas yeah. this week it's about scheduling. This week mm-hmm. it's about the quality of that victory. And it's like, well, wait, but last week you said that didn't matter, and now this week it's the most important thing. Yeah, you know, one of the things I find challenging, and, uh, you know, my my partner, Jerry DiNardo, has been on this soapbox for, for many years. How is it, you know, you're running an athletic department. You're running an athletic department. Mm-hmm. How do you have time to watch film? <laughs> well, hey. Yeah, right. It's like the coach's poll. It's like the coach's poll. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's intern in the athletic department's poll because you're watching your game. You're watching the opposing team's game and maybe that upcoming game. That's it. That's all the film you're watching. Right. You're an, you're an athletic director. 
you're not sitting there saying, okay, Pac-12 after dark. Let's go ahead and hit that TV and get the popcorn going. You you don't. You're absolutely right. It, this is all still based off of name recognition and, and the stuff that you did 20, 30 years ago. I, I've often said that that, to me, is the biggest downfall of college football because if you're not a blue blood, you got to go above and beyond just to get accepted. Whereas a blue, a Texas can stub their toe and people say, oh, it's Texas. Michigan, oh, it's Michigan. Ohio State, oh, Notre Dame. But if if you're Oklahoma State, good luck with that. If if right. if, if you're Illinois, well well you got to go above and beyond that. If you if you're not in that blue blood category, that's the one thing I've always disliked about college football, because it's it's still based off of of what you did 20, 30 years ago. And that's so crazy right now, particularly with as many games uh, as you can see right now. Uh, it, it's crazy to think that, that you have to be you know, a blue blood to have an opportunity to, to be in it. But, you know, this is what, you know, again, it goes back to the committee and, you know, how do you have time to evaluate all these teams? And, and I do understand that they split it up and they have regions and you're watching this and you, then you all come together. But I just, I'm not saying that they don't know what they're doing. I'm just saying it seems to me that it's a very difficult test if you, if your main job is running an athletic department or running a company. Right. Uh, you know, you know, so it looks like, you know, Ty Willingham's the only coach that, that's there that's, that's on the committee. And, and, and I think the first year, you know, it, it, the first year it, it really, you know, has worked out. It worked out really well because they had coaches that were there. But I think when, when they figure out just how much actually goes into this, but but see but see here's the here's the thing here's the catch twenty two about that first year Howard a lot of people forget Ohio State wins it mm-hmm. and but Ohio State should not have even been in there TCU got robbed that year and I think well, it, it, I think it was because they were TCU and they were not Ohio State so Ohio State got that last spot and TCU didn't I, I well I see it a little different I blame the commissioner for that one. Uh, because he had an opportunity to name one of those teams a champion. That was the oh, year they yeah. said, hey, you know, we're, not, we're just going to have the, the best teams and, you know, we'll see what happens. But neither was named a champion. No, you're right. So then it went back to, well, you know, I thought you had, you know, win championships and that was a big part of it and, what, you know, the eye test and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's not how it ultimately played out. Now, it worked out well for Ohio State, but I think it would have been different had they gone with the champion uh, and, and, you know, one of those teams, CCU, or, or would have been able to be in. But, you know, again, I, I sit and look at the commissioner uh, at that one because they had an opportunity to name a champion uh, or put them in a situation where they would be able to name. Instead of trying to appease both sides, mm-hmm. I think you weren't, they weren't looking at, okay, we got to get the person in. And, you know, being a conference champion that first, first year was, was a big part of, you know what? What it meant to uh, to go out and compete for a championship or be in that fourteen playoff? No, I got you. And and see, for me, let's face it. This is all about money. This is a billion dollar business. So, mm-hmm. in my opinion, man, it's it's simple. And I swear to God, sometimes I wish I could just get the ear and be like, guys, you really overthinking this. You want to do something fair? Here's what you need to do. Either you get some former coaches. You could even go with members of the media. But you know what? 
you pay them enough to take a one-year sabbatical or at least for the next couple of months, your job, Howard, mm-hmm. you're, we're going to pay you handsomely. We, you, you could pay, get a seven-member committee, pay each of them I don't, just a hundred grand. Let's just use round numbers. Mm-hmm. You're making billions of dollars. That's not even a million dollars, okay? That's a drop in the bucket. Your job, all you do is watch college football from Tuesday from action all the way to the final game late night in the Pac-12 on Saturday, and you do grading, and that's it. That's all you do. And to me, you, you sit up there with a multiple screen set up at your house or your crib or wherever you go, and now I, those seven people or those nine people, that I trust them more than, as you say, the athletic director who, let's face it, you're traveling half the time, you're shaking hands and kissing babies the other half, and, hey, who won that game? Oh, okay, well, I'll make sure I put that team down as my number one team. Just get every, And you can rotate this. It's almost like the Heisman voters except for you're rotating it. You mm-hmm. pick a select group of people, and your job – for this college football season, you you know you you may not be writing, you may not be on TV, but you're gonna get paid enough that you can take a, yeah. a sabbatical for a season and really come up with the true twelve teams, and so that you can get a true champion, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I think that there there are are enough, um, call them you know former coaches. Yeah, you know, they could be former athletic directors. They, you know. I, but I think with, you're right from the standpoint of that's all they should do. Yeah, that's it. And I would expand that even further to saying you guys, or I shouldn't say you guys, but I should say this committee is responsible from, from the time the season ends, once spring ball starts, to the end of the college football season. They are always, they're always, they've gone to campus. They've been around these teams. They've seen them. So you you're paying them probably you're paying more than a hundred grand or whatever it is, but still you they would then have a real true uh, way of of uh, really evaluating yeah. teams to be able to do it. And I think you just you know because I think you're you're absolutely right doing it that way. But they need to be able to focus on nothing else but these football teams that are playing because that's how much money the money that is involved. Mm-hmm. It is just just stupid crazy. Right. Why wouldn't you put your committee in a situation where they had all the resources they needed to be able to go out and truly evaluate these teams without having to worry about a budget on an athletic department or without having to worry about, you know, well, what do I have to say or having to, to excuse yourself from, from different um meetings or votes because exactly. your team or your yeah, your team is involved. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to recuse yourself. You don't have, you can sit there because you know what? I'm not a part of any team right now. Let's look at this thing. I watch this team because you're right. If all of a sudden your team is is one of those team French teams, you gotta leave the meeting. So now I gotta sit here and convince you, Howard, make sure yeah. you vote for me because X, Y, and Z, and now I'm sitting outside the room praying to God that you didn't cave and you are actually going to vote for me. Yeah, let them sit in the room. You're right. There's a ton of ex-coaches. There are a ton of people out there that I think they, they, that know the game. Dedicate yeah. them. Get an odd number so that you always have a tiebreaker. But to mm-hmm. me, that's the best way of doing this. The way they're doing it now, I, I don't know. I've often I just thought the NCAA loves controversy because they, they embrace it. Every morning it seems like they wake up and choose violence. 
Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's crazy. But I, I'll say this as well. I, I believe, without getting too deep into weeds about it, that when they had Condoleezza Rice on the committee, if you talk to people that were on that committee with her, they would tell you that she was a valuable member of the committee because she looked at the games from a different aspect. She still was evaluating, mm -hmm. but she brought something different that maybe they didn't see. So I, I would say you would need, it would probably be good to have a non quote unquote football person in there that may be doing something else. But again, you have to be able to, to draw them in and get them to want to be a part of it. But I think there's, there's a lot of value in someone who may not be as, in deep in the woods because they may look at it from a different perspective. And again, I'll say this, she was a huge factor uh, in, in why the committee did some things that they did that first year round because she was a valuable member of that committee. And, you know, just, you know, the reports and some of the stories that have come out really show that, you know, she was on top of it. And, you know, she, she first of all, she loves the game. Right. That, that's she does. Thing. Right. And so her value to that committee was, uh, I think priceless for for that year. Hey man, they they can ask me. I would gladly. I would consider it my honor and duty to go out there and get <laughs> things done, man. I, that's just that's just how I see it because I, I just they have an opportunity to really capitalize on this, and I just don't want to see them drop the ball like they did initially with the fourteen playoff because I saw like man, this is going to be a problem because. It's it's going to end up being the same teams over and over again, and I think that you're starting to get that fatigue where it's like, yeah, you could always pencil three teams in. There's Alabama, they're in. Clemson, they're in. And then either Georgia, Alabama, and then a fourth team that's just the lamb being led to slaughter. Right. Yeah, and that's what, that's what happened. And you talk about regionalizing the game with those four teams. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to get excited. Yeah, they're probably still on four or five, six teams that have legitimate shots every year to win it. But being able to open it up, you know, gets more, gets the fan base involved. Right. I think it continues to, uh, you know, get teams excited. And, and listen, I, I think one of the, when I watch college basketball, I think one of the brilliant things is when you get to the, when you get into the tournament, right, you know, you get to the Elite Eight, you get to the Sweet 16, that's like a badge of honor. It is. You to make it to the Elite Eight, right, and get ran out the gym, but people will still say, hey, they were Elite Eight team, they're really good, they did that. They, but no, no, it, it, but it, once again, no, it, it depends on the school that you're at, because if you're Duke and you're losing the Elite Eight, you're a bum. It's yeah. like, if you're yeah. Alabama and you're losing the semifinals, it's a lost year. We weren't that yeah. good, folks. And you're mm -hmm. like, actually, you really were. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I look at a team like Michigan State, made it to the playoffs, and that team celebrated. Yeah. They got blanked. They didn't score, but yeah, you still look at that team like that team was good. So you're right. Yeah. And and it also I've I've said this and then and then I'll let you go. But yeah, because if you by expanding the playoffs, the only good thing that I really like about it is now if you lose a game, just if if Ohio State lose or if Michigan loses this weekend they still have something to play for. Whereas now, man, if, if you lose, it's almost like, man, what, now what do we do? I mean, when you see the defensive lineman from Oklahoma State knowing, well, I can't go to the college football playoffs, 
he opts out the season and just says, I'm going to go ahead and get ready for my pro career. This will will keep people interested. This will keep kids interested. You'll have less kids opting out of bowl games because they're going to still want to play because there's still something there for them to win. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an important part when you still have a chance to to win a championship. And, you know, it, it's tough right now. I mean, you, you lose the game and, and you're out. Particularly, you take a team like Notre Dame. Uh, you know, when they drop one, they drop two. Obviously, they dropped three this year, but, I mean, they're out of it. And so the trick becomes how do you keep, you know, these guys motivated to to want to still be a part of the team and want to still go out and, and try to figure it out. And I think, you know, that's that, it's always going to be tough. Um, but when you when there's nothing to play for, it also it eliminates if, if you're that star player, it eliminates a lot of questions that you'll have to deal with when it comes to whether it's your pro days, right. whether it's uh, questions you're going to have to answer. And I'm not saying that, you know, he or she's not making the wrong decision. Right. I, I'm not saying that, but I think you're right. The more teams you have, they're involved, you know, all the way to the end. You're going to have more guys that want to compete and have an opportunity to do something special. And I think that's what allows the 12-team playoff was going to allow more teams and more fans to still be engaged throughout the entire season, but particularly at the end uh, when they may have an opportunity to host a game, mm-hmm. uh, a playoff game at home, which I still think that's one of the, the big factors to me that, that really is going to give yeah. a lot of programs and fan bases an opportunity to travel um, to to other venues, whether you're you know you're a northern school going south, whether you're an eastern school going west, it allows you to see some of those matchups that you normally wouldn't see, and you get to you know participate as a as a fan in some of these historic venues uh, that are out there that are around college athletics. 